Today's message is taken from a January 12th Facebook live stream. Newmarket Alliance Church was closed that Sunday due to some unsafe weather conditions, but many joined on Facebook from their homes for part two of our series, You in Five Years. Today you may notice a difference in audio quality, but this was a different kind of Sunday. For all things NAC, check us out at www.newmarketalliance.ca. Now, to the Sunday's teaching. So today I want to talk to you about the idea of you in five years, part two. And we started last week even just by asking the question about, like, who will you be in five years if you continue on this present course? And who do you want to be in five years? Uh, Where is your current momentum taking you? And, And do you like that destination? Because... Like, now's the time to get off the train if, if you don't like where it's going. So, who will you be in 2025? Where will you be in 2025? And we said last week, and this is the key idea, uh, maybe for the whole series, is that we often overestimate what we can do in the short term. Like, I'm going to change my life in three months. I'm going to lose 80 pounds. But we grossly underestimate what we can do in the long term, if we if we get to it, if we set our minds to it, if if God is with us, and so uh, maybe you should even write this down. It's so often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. It's often the small things that no one sees that results in the big things that everyone wants. In fact, last week we used that illustration of the domino. Um, and through the power of compound interest, or in this case, compound repetitive habits, uh, that domino turns into the Empire State Building. Uh, it has a massive effect in the long term. And it's, you know, one of the things that I love about NAC, uh, perhaps one of the things that even drew you to this church, is that there's a certain like informality about us, right? Like this ain't your grandpa's suit and tie church. There's a, there's a laid backness. Um, we're chill as the kids say, but the danger could be that would translate into your spiritual life, that we would treat our faith as lackadaisical even. Um, and our spiritual life is nothing to be treated like casually. And so we actually kind of partner in our um, sanctification. Uh, God doesn't kind of mature us in our sleep, you know, but it's in the trenches of life. It's, the, it's in the decisions that we make. It's in the disciplines that we employ, uh, the ways we say no to this so that we can say yes to that. Um, there are things in our life that if we neglect, if we take our eye off the ball, like it's not great, but it's not critical either. It's not going to be life altering, but there are certain things that if you neglect, you'll wake up five years from now and you'll be like, how did I get here? Like, this is not the plan I had. I don't remember getting on this road. This was not my dream. I don't remember choosing this. And so perhaps there's something that needs more 
concentrated um, attention of yours during this, this season in 2025, you won't be sorry that you, that you put some attention to it. And so today, uh, I just want to talk about um, our thoughts, which are so important in determining who you're going to be. In fact, um, Solomon says this in Proverbs 23, and this is a newer translation of, of scripture. He says, as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. As he thinks in his heart, so he is. Or you could say it this way, your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So don't miss this. Like, this is actually kind of powerful stuff. As a person thinks in his heart, so he is. In other words, if you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think life is going to be bad, it probably will be bad. If you think you don't have anything to offer, you probably won't make a difference. On the other hand, if you think you can, you probably will. If you believe that there are opportunities out there, you'll see the opportunities. Um, if you believe that God is for you and with you, um, you'll sense his power and his presence because our thoughts matter. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. And so um, I was wondering if we could just try something together, a little thought audit. Okay, so here's what I wanted to do, is if you have a napkin or, or a scrap piece of paper or something, um, can you just put like a, a, a one to 10, three times, one to 10 across, we're gonna do a little thought audit. We wanna think about what you think about, if that makes sense. And we're gonna sort of self-evaluate, score ourselves a little bit. Now, no one's gonna look at this, uh, so just be honest, just evaluate yourself on your thought life. I'm gonna give you some polar opposite thoughts and you're gonna rate sort of the predominance of your thinking, of where it goes to. In fact, um, uh, we're gonna look maybe even at our last week. And the first question I wanna ask is like, are more of your thoughts focused on worry or is it focused on uh, peaceful? Um, and then I want you to circle a number. Did you often find yourself um, worried about your kids? Uh, worried about your job perhaps or um, the health of somebody or maybe you're worried about money because the credit cards are rolling in after Christmas and you're like, ah, I'm gonna have to, you know, get some extra hours gigging with Uber Eats or something and you're worried. Um, maybe your cat ran away from home and you're worried that he might actually come back. You see what I did there? We actually have a dog, Mackie, who maybe I'll show you later, um, who is not at peace. Mackie is not at peace. He's getting old and I don't think his brain is what it used to be. And so now in the night, and this happened last night, we didn't get a great sleep. He hears the snow plow 
and uh, and even the strong winds. And he climbs up on our bed and he stands on our face, just just shaking. Or he goes off and stands in the corner Blair Witch style and just sort of shivers, which either means uh, he's definitely getting old or we definitely have a ghost in the house. So now we have to give our dumb dog um, anxiety medication and we have a diffuser in the house that emits pheromones or something that calms him and that, you know, that only the dog can smell and which definitely isn't a scam. I digress, but Mackie doesn't have peace. And uh, I don't know the specifics for you, but if you find yourself more worried in your thoughts, um, then I want you to circle sort of a lower number, one to two, three, four, something in there. Now, for others, Maybe you're incredibly peaceful. You're just secure in the promises of God. Um, doesn't mean that you don't have problems or conflicts or money issues or parenting issues, but there's, there's peace. And that goes beyond even everyone else's ability to understand. Uh, maybe you heard an amazing preacher in the last couple of weeks who talked about the Prince of Peace and you were inspired or uh, maybe now something bad happens and you just, you just believe in your gut that God is still in charge and it doesn't freak you out. Um, where would you fall on that, on that peace scale, on the worried to peaceful scale? Um, okay, let's maybe talk about um, negativity versus positivity in a general sense. Like, think about what you think about. Some of you have the spiritual gift of negativity, right? Like, you can smell out what's wrong before you ever see what's right. You, you're, you're easily critical of people. You kind of assume the worst a lot of the times. You're discontented. Uh, you know, you think, okay, if I was married, and, uh, then I'd be happy. Um, and then you get married and you're like, well, if only I had kids, then I'd be happy. And then you have kids and then it's like, well, if only I had different kids, then I'd be happy. <laughs> and so you find yourself more on the negative side. Um, so, so give yourself a number. If you're more on the negative side of thinking, you're in the low, you're, you're five or lower, or maybe you might be more of a positive uh, person. You tend to believe the best about people. And when you walk into church, rather than picking it apart, you see where God is working. Um, you may have a, a difficult day, but you just believe that God is at work and he's for you and, he, and he's gonna work in all things for good. And you're more on the positive side. So would you say you're more on the negative side of the equation or more on the positive side and just go ahead and circle one give you a second to do that lastly let's just talk about worldly versus eternal uh, worldly do you find yourself sort of consumed with thoughts of this life like you're thinking about what kind of car you're going to drive and and uh what shirt you're going to buy that matches the hat that went on sale and um you know like what are people thinking about me? And 
what if I say this or should I drive this or go here and um, do my duck face selfie and like how many likes did I get on my post? And you find yourself thinking about, they're not bad things, but you're just thinking about more worldly things versus eternal things. Or, or do you wake up thinking about how you can use your life to bring glory to God? Do you think about people that are far from God and, and your heart aches for them and you think, you know, what can I do to show them God's love today? Or you think, how can I leverage the things that I own to make a difference in people's lives and impact them for, um, for eternity? Uh, so do you think more about worldly things or do you think more about eternal things? And just go ahead and sort of circle where you think you fall on that and, uh, and just be honest about that. Okay, have you done that? Um, now, everybody type in their scores in the comments below. I'm just kidding. But listen, if you did not get um, a 10, a 10, and a 10, then guess what? This talk is absolutely for you. Why? Because our thoughts determine who we become, our life always moves in the direction of our strongest thoughts. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. And if you're consumed with worldly thoughts or negative thoughts or worried thoughts, um, it means you're moving in that direction. If on the other hand, you're consumed with peaceful thoughts and eternal thoughts and positive thoughts, that means you're moving in that direction. But let's be honest, most of us did not put a 10, a 10, and a 10 down because um, particularly in our culture, our world, our friends, what we see, it drives us towards the wrong side of the scale. There's so many things that just cry out like, worry about me, be negative about this. Um, Think about what doesn't last rather than what does. And that's one of the reasons I believe that God inspired the Apostle Paul to write this. And he recorded it in Romans 12, verse 2. I was going to get the PowerPoint notes up, and I will do that after if you want to uh, remember these references. But Romans 12, verse 2, and here's what he said. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's that's powerful. And maybe you learned the verse a different way, the way I, I learned it as a kid. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So you may ask, that's great, but you know, how do I change my thoughts? I am so glad that you asked um, because I want to show you with a couple portions of scripture and just bring out two points and then we'll shut her down for the day. Um, but how do you change the way you think? Number one, you might want to even write this down. We're going to learn to capture destructive thoughts. We're going to capture destructive thoughts. If we're consumed with worried thoughts, with negative thoughts with worldly thoughts, we're going to capture 
those destructive thoughts. And this is the way that Paul taught us to do it in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. And he says this to the Corinthian church, which, you know, as we talked about last year, we're believing a lot of lies. And this is what he says. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So if you're a Christian watching this, this is really good news. It means that the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We've got supernatural weapons available to us. And he said, on the contrary, our weapons, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So there's that Greek word, adunamis, translated as power. And we talked about that a few weeks ago, where dunamis is this word where we, where we get the English word dynamite. Uh, we've got explosive power, God's power, to demolish strongholds. The Greek word translated as strongholds is this word, um, ohuruma, ohuruma, ohuruma. You got to get the oh in there. Um, have some milk, ohuruma. And it means very literally a, a prisoner who's locked by deception. A prisoner who's locked by deception. So maybe you even think of like an old-timey castle with a dungeon. That's that's kind of what Ohuruma is. It's when you're locked up by wrong or false thoughts. And so think about this. What's our enemy's greatest weapon? Um, Satan is called the father of what? Lies. And so what he tries to do is convince us of things that are not true so that we, we try, that he wants us to build our life on a lie rather than on the truth. And that's why Jesus said, you know, know the truth and the truth will set you free. So Paul says in verse five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Okay, we, we destroy those things. And what do we do? Verse five. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Um, I love this. We demolish lies. We take them captive. Every thought, we make them obedient to Christ. So, so when that tape plays in our brain and it's just filled with lies, like, I can't make a difference. I'm no good. Um, I'm a screw up. I'm never going to amount to anything. No. We take those thoughts captive and, and we're going to make them obedient to Christ. So whenever your mind says, you're a screw up, you say, uh, no, I may have messed up. But the good news is that God is working in all things to bring about good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. God is going to use this to conform me to the image of his son um, man, I can never overcome this. I'm, a, you know, I've been addicted for so long and I've, I've tried and I've prayed and I just, I'll never, no. You take that lie captive and you replace it with the truth that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the words of my testimony. And, and so we take the thoughts that we, know are untrue, we capture them, and we make them obedient to Christ. 
So then the second thing that Paul teaches us is very simple. After we capture the wrong thoughts, what we do is we fix our thoughts on spiritual things and we focus on the eternal. Now, Paul's in prison, right? Okay, he's in prison. And and this is what he writes. Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. Somebody write that in the comments in case um, uh, you need to refer to it again. Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. He said, fix your thoughts on negative and bad things and all the, you know, all that's not going well in life. No, he didn't say that. I must have, I must be reading this wrong. He said, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then in verse nine, he says, and the God of peace will be with you. Um, so we capture the lies and, and we focus our thoughts on that which is true, on, on spiritual things. Um, can I tell you something? Like this alone could change the person that you are in five years. Like, like if you practice this, you you may not recognize yourself in five years. Changing the way you think can literally transform your future. And that's not an overstatement because as I think, so will I become, Solomon says. Now, some of you are gonna say, well, um, I don't know how to do that. I'm not a pastor like you. Okay, some of y'all need to just talk to my wife, talk to my kids, find out how messed up I am. I'm, I am a regular dude trying to figure this stuff out with all y'all. But I know this, if you're a follower of Christ, like I am, you can see God working if you look for it, okay? Um, you will find what you're looking for. Like, um, take, a, take a look at the difference between a buzzard and a hummingbird. If I had the PowerPoint, I'd put up a picture. Buzzard hummingbird, buzzard, hummingbird. And what does a buzzard do? Well, buzzard flies around looking for dead things, right? Ooh, dead squirrel, ah, jackpot. Well, that's what a buzzard will find. What does a hummingbird look for? It's looking for nectar, sweet things. Every day there are dead things to be found and there are sweet things to be found, but you will find what you are looking for. If you look for God at work, you will find God at work. And it's like when our, uh, when our church out west burned down and we were in a jam, we were looking for a short-term or a long-term place to worship. And suddenly I was like a, a real estate agent. I saw property everywhere. I wonder if this empty department store could fit us or who owns this piece of land over here? And I saw spaces for lease that I had never known existed before. I'd driven by them 10 years, right? I start seeing potential churches everywhere. Maybe that Hooters restaurant could be a church. We'd, you know, we'd probably have to change the sign, right? But I was looking for it and sure enough, I found it everywhere. You look for spiritual things and you will see them everywhere. And, uh, and how do you do that? Well, I'm preaching to myself here. When you wake up in the morning, um, 
set the tone of your day differently. Like every day, instead of immediately picking up your phone and going to Facebook and Instagram and like, did I get a like? Maybe go to your phone, but go to your phone's um, Bible app, right? Go to your devotional, go to your worship playlist and let the first things that you do be to think on spiritual things. And then say a prayer first thing in the morning, okay? And if you have to go to the bathroom first, you know, you should do that. I'll allow it. But it doesn't have to be an hour of prayer either. I mean, it can be. God bless you if it if it is. But it could just be a two-minute prayer. It says something like, God, thank you for this day. I know it's a gift from you. Uh, my, my gift is to give it back to you. Um, use me wherever you want. Help me to be sensitive to your spirit. God, let me see where you're working. Guide my words. Um, guard my thoughts. Create actions that will bring you glory. Uh, I just, I want to give you permission, God, to, to interrupt me all throughout the day. Help me to see where you're working and I'll join you in that. And, and you pray that and guess what? you're gonna see nectar, you're gonna see good things, you're gonna see God working everywhere. And then on your way to work or, or when you're at the gym, rather than just listening to whatever's on the radio, um, how about listen to a worship playlist or your favorite sermon podcast or the version app that will read the Bible to you. You know, it's renewing your mind. And then when something good happens, instead of going, wow, dang, that was lucky. No, you give God the credit for it. You're like, wow, praise God from whom all blessings flow. God, you are good all the time. Lord, I can't believe that you bless me in this way. And I'll tell you, you're going to see God at work everywhere, even in the challenging stuff. When your boss chews you out, instead of wanting to flip him off, you'll be like, man, I bet she's going through something. How can I pray for her? How can I make a difference in her life? And suddenly you're gonna see someone that's in need and rather than saying, I don't have the time for this, you'll be like, God, maybe you're calling me to make a difference here. And then when God uses you, it'll make it even uh, more um, accessible, more sensitive to the next time when, when he wants to use you. So that domino starts to increase one and a half times and the compound interest principle starts to take effect. So let me read that again. Therefore, I will take every thought captive. I will make it obedient to Christ and I'll fix my thoughts on things um, that are lovely and admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy, I will think about such things. So, so where do we go from here? How do we take this from something we just hear to something that becomes a part of who we are, um, something that will transform the you of 2025, you know, the next five years. Baby steps. My challenge um, for you this week, my challenge for me this week is, is that we would be training our thoughts. This could be something huge for somebody listening right now, like, right thoughts, um, trained thoughts that slowly become truth in your heart. 
uh, it'll change the way you speak. It'll change the way you live. You want to change the way you live, you know, change the way you think. Um, you know, the Eastern religions, um, you might say a mantra, right? It's a repeated meditation or phrase, and the point is to try to empty your mind. Well, not so for us as Christ followers. We're actually trying to fill our minds, fill our minds with Christ, allow his truth to transform us and renew us and give us hope. Um, let me just tell you a quick story about somebody in our church. Uh, Carolyn Deep, you know Ross and Carolyn Deep. Maybe they're watching right now, I don't know. But um, they got word from their school where Tabby goes that uh, their class is gonna do some mindful meditation. Now, I don't know about you, but as a parent, my eyebrow just may go up and go, hmm, I wouldn't, you know, that could mean a lot of things. I think I'm going to just explore this a little bit. Because mindfulness is sort of all the, all the rage right now. And so sure enough, it was kind of like a, let's empty our mind. And so instead of sort of fighting that, recognizing that there is a, a, a godly principle in this, what Carolyn did was wrote out a bunch of verses on strips of paper or cards or something and brought them into the class and said, hey, if I leave these in a little, you know, jar, uh, Tabby's going to use them, but could I just make them available to other kids during this 15, 20 minute time where everybody's um, practicing mindfulness? I thought, what a great... Um, what a great adaptation for the Christ follower to, because that's really God's idea, isn't it? Um, so I just think that's really cool. I have these little tapes, you know, that play in my head. I've talked about this before. The old brain cassette deck. And, and often when it's messing with me, I go to this verse in Ephesians and I first learned it in an old Keith Green song. And I play it in my head. In fact, I was singing it last night and, and Vicky was like, what is that song? It's like, we are his workmanship created for good works in Christ. A little, a little song that's taken from Ephesians, Ephesians 2. Or maybe I need to remind myself of my calling. And maybe I'm partly reminding God that he called me and, and remembering that he didn't call me just to abandon me and um and maybe i'll just say the prayer that christians have been praying for two thousand years some call it the jesus prayer i'll just pray lord jesus christ son of god have mercy on me a sinner you know and that reminds me of my place reminds me of god's place and how merciful he is to forgive sins scripture is obviously a good place to go um, a line from a worship song which is most likely based on scripture anyways. Like, I've seen you move. You've moved the mountains. I believe, God, you're going to do it again. Maybe you would even ask God that he would give you a word or a phrase, that he would impress upon you a word that's just for you, for this year, for this season of your life. Maybe, um, maybe for someone watching today, he's going to give you a phrase like, enter into my rest. 
And as you, as you keep coming back to that, it start to change you, you know, you'll start to do things differently. When you normally would have put in an extra couple hours in the office, you might instead think, you know what, I've done enough for today. I'm going to go home and enjoy my family and I'm going to rest. I'm going to, I'm going to put this project to bed so that I can, you know, go home and put my kids to bed. I'm going to do my best to enter his rest. And so for you, I don't know maybe what thoughts that you need to take captive, but um, one renewed thought might just might just change your next five years. Like maybe your word will be generous. You know, your thought might be, I am a generous person. You're not yet, but you're becoming one. And or maybe you're discouraged and you need to preach to your own heart like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not my, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by his spirit. And I don't know um, if that's for you this morning. Or maybe you have a bad marriage and you're and you find it difficult to love your husband, and you might have to preach to yourself, I love him with the love of Christ. I serve him. Uh, with the love of Christ. And men, you might have to say, I serve her, I love her the way Christ loves the church. And and you say the truth that combats the lie. And you may not even be sure that you even believe it right now, but you know it's true because it comes from the word of God. And it starts to change who you are because if you're gonna change your life, you start with changing the way you think because your thoughts create words and words create actions and actions create habits and habits create a a life as a person thinks in his heart, so he will become. As a person thinks in his heart, so he will become. Your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So therefore, we will, we will let God transform us through the renewing of our mind. He's going to change the way we think. And then we will know God's will for us, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will, because we do not fight with weapons of the world. Our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We take every thought captive. We make it obedient to Christ because we will fix our thoughts on that which is pure and admirable. Uh, If there's anything excellent or worthy of praise, we will think about such things. And then the God of peace will be with us. And other people may say, yeah, but that's just a thought. But we'll know the truth that it's often the small things that no one sees that make the biggest difference. And therefore, we will think on that which is true, and we will capture that which is trash, you know, a lie, and we will let our thoughts bring glory to God. Because when we think on the truth, um, we know that, as Jesus said, the truth is going to set us free. Um, Let me just pray for you. Father, um, we pray today that your grace and uh, with your help, we would be able to renew our minds with truth, that you would uh, replace the lies with your truth, uh, that you would help direct the next five years and, and maybe even change our destiny because we change our thoughts. And God, we just thank you that 
when our minds are fixed on you, um, that you begin to conform us to the image of your son, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would speak to everyone today, but especially to the one who has been listening to, maybe even bound by the lies that they do not measure up, uh, that God may not really love them, that, that they have sinned beyond your love. I pray, God, you'd heal those lies, Lord. Replace those lies. Whisper truth in their ear, even now by your spirit. Um, God, give us the power to recognize when we are listening to Satan's lies and that we would capture those lies that we would make them obedient to Christ and, and we'd let the truth change us to become who you want us to become. God, may we glorify you with a focused thought life, thinking on that which is pleasing to you. Pray this for our good and for your glory. Amen.